0: On this episode of The Hoop Scoop, brought to you by the Quick Takes Podcast Network, we sink our teeth into the Celtics versus Miami Heat series. What is going on there? So, we try to figure out the issues surrounding the Celtics and the killer Miami Heat 2-3 zone. Some strange stuff going on there in the Eastern Conference Finals. Then we flip it over to the Lakers versus the Denver Nuggets. The series seems to be getting away from the Denver Nuggets, but now the Lakers have it at a 3-v-1 lead against them, and that's just where the Nuggets want them. So, it should be a good series here. Buckle up. Here we go.
1: All right, we are back for another episode of the Hoop Scoop. I'm joined again by Cole, Sam, and PJ. Last night, we had Game 3 of the Eastern Conference Finals. The Celtics finally got on the board in the series to cut the series lead to 2-1 after the Heat took uh, Games 1 and 2. It was a uh, really good game for the Celtics. Gordon Hayward made his return. He didn't put up huge numbers, but you could definitely see the impact he had out there on the court. I just want to get your guys' take on the first three games of the series and also going forward, um, can the Celtics... Still win this series uh, now that they 've cut the lead to two one,
0: so I think this is a winnable series for the Celtics, but what i 'm looking out of them in going forward is that even though um, Hayward put up thirty minutes in his first game back, which I think was astounding i 'm going to need more consistency out of them in the third quarter that 's been the real real difficulty for us
2: third quarter definitely, if you watch those first uh, two games that's that 's where we fell that's really where I mean honestly completely in the second half is, is where we, it was our downfall uh yeah like like Cole said, I think it 's a winnable series. Definitely, I like, in that third game, what, what we changed, what I noticed the most offensively was that we destroyed the paint, that we attacked it, and that, was, that seemed like that was our approach. Um, I mean, we must have had 60, at least 60 points, if not like 50, then paint compared to Heat's maybe like 20 or 30. Um, so I definitely like that approach, being aggressive, getting to the line, um, because, you know, you can't always rely on the three. Definitely, I think it's a winnable series. Um, I think – uh, I don't know what my take was last last time we talked, but I can see the Celtics coming out in seven. It's definitely still gonna be a tough series.
3: So I do agree with what both of you guys were saying about uh how they definitely improved from last game compared right to the first two games. uh one thing that I just wanted to do you guys a stat real quick when they were put against the zone that that miami that Miami put against them, it was it was much more smooth in uh just the transition of it yesterday was 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 much more just like like better to look at. They're not looking for like the extra pass they're not. Uh, forcing up shots a lot i li- i like I like the way that kemba played last night Gordon Haywood really uh showed that he can play consistently, and so thank god uh he is he is staying in the bubble he 's not he 's not leaving uh, for his fourth kid so uh that that 's a good sign and so I think they just need to uh, like you guys are saying just keep the lead down and not get, give up easy three pointers and they got to contain Bam out of the bio as well I think that he 's really scored them throughout this whole series yeah, I mean looking at the heat.
1: Um it you know, you, you blame the Celtics for some of these collapses they've had, but the Heat are also a team built to go on quick runs, like we saw in the game two um third quarter when they outscored the Celtics 37-17. Uh, when you got a team that's so tenacious on defense that can force turnovers, uh, led by Butler and all the steals he gets. And then on in transition, you got guys like Tyler Hero and Duncan Robinson who can are just marksmen from three point range. You see how like a quick run can like snowball quickly. But what we saw in the third game um, in that second half was the Celtics really did better against that zone. And I think that's where you saw the impact that Hayward can make. He didn't score a bunch of points, but they had him at the top of the key a lot. And when they would pass to him, he'd have these quick passes right around like to the other side of the arc that you weren't really seeing in games one and two. So do you think that is the formula going forward to just keep doing that and using Hayward or do you think Tatum just needs to step up? Basically, what what's the answer to continuing to play well in the second half and not letting the leads go? Because they, they've they outplayed the Heat games one through three in the first half pretty thoroughly. What do they got to do to make sure that they hold on to these leads in the second half?
0: So holding on to the leads in the second half I think will come through um, – just basic Brad Stevens adjustments. I mean, we broke the zone with Gordon Hayward. That's well and good, but I think if it comes to trapping the guards at the when they are right at the rim. There, you know, or not the rim at the at the three point line, and I think that comes through double teams, and I think that comes through uh, commitment on defense and really better utilizing timeouts. That's been my biggest gripe with Brad Stevens this whole series is that his his timeout usage just isn't where it needs to be.
2: Going on the uh, attacking that zone, one thing that I noticed is that where they positioned Tice uh, in that third game, so they would uh, against that zone, they would keep Tice on the on the wing um, on that three-point line, and it gave Jalen Brown, Tatum a chance to really attack the basket and get in the paint without Bama or you know, being there and um, you know stopping the drive, and I thought that was really effective and smart. Uh, on, on Brad Stevens' part. Even though Tice did put up a few threes, I don't really think he hit any of them. But, yeah, because, I mean, Tice can't really do much um, offensively against Bam. But, yeah, I thought that was a great tactic that, uh, that Brad did to change it up. The
3: Boston Celtics are 20-3 and three when Jason Tatum and Jalen Brown both scored 20 points uh, or more. So uh, I think the fact that uh, they're both on the same page is really good for them uh, because I know recently we've seen Kemba, who's been in a slump, but I starting to pick it up. So that's good to have. I know yesterday uh, Brown, Tatum, Walker, and Smart both had 20 uh, – sorry, all four of them had 20-plus. So that was definitely a, a really good sight to see. I, I, I know out of Marcus Smart we're, we're kind of using him uh, shucking up a lot of threes that are just unwarranted. But I feel like yesterday he was better with that. He I really didn't see too many too many – bad shots until like the one, the one that one was like 40 seconds left when like they were up at like i think like 6 or like 7 and he just like he got fouled for no reason but uh he's lucky he made both of those free throws but uh yeah just like uh they're just sometimes they're just making careless mistakes i think uh like i said earlier they really got to uh guard up bio that that pick and roll game is looking nasty between goran dragic and, uh, and uh they they just in my opinion, like uh, just the uh, the bench guys, like, like Tyler Hero and uh, Goran Dragic have just been kind of scorching this whole series. And so uh, Tyler Hero is a, is a man that's not afraid to shoot it. So uh, you, you really got to put a hand on that man's face and make him pay. So I think that's the game plan that they got to focus on for game four and just keep doing what they're doing. Yeah, definitely. I mean, the thing is that, that pick and roll they have where
1: it's uh, Dragic and, and Bam, it's, it's really hard to defend because if you don't switch – Bam's kind of got a lot, got a line to the hoop, and that's where you have seen a lot of him. His lob finishes that he's gotten, where Dragic's getting some nice assists. And then if you do switch, they they end up usually a lot of time with Tice on Dragic, and he's made them pay for that. I mean, that's mm-hmm. not a matchup the Celtics want, but I don't even think Tice has really played that poorly. It's just Dragic just shooting right right over him some contested mm-hmm. shots. So I, I mean, that's something the Celtics have to have an answer for, and part of that. I want to know, do you guys think Robert Williams should be playing more? Because, obviously, Tice gives you some floor spacing that Williams just can't give you. But Bam has had his way in the paint, and he's also been just, you know, you see the Celtics going for some rebounds where they they keep tipping it, but the biggest, stronger guy gets it, which a lot of time has been Bam. Do you think that's something that Robert Williams is worth inserting into the lineup for? Or does he just not have enough offensively where it's not worth what he brings on the other end?
0: I think he shows deficiency in the offensive side of things and we're trying to, we we saw progressions out of Grant Williams being uh, incorporated into the lineup a little bit earlier than usual and more frequently than usual. So I think he just wants someone that's a little bit more mobile to um, cover Bam. And I don't know, to be honest with you, maybe he's got a a lingering uh, injury. One thing's for certain, you can't put Enos Kanter in there. That's for certain.
2: Yeah, for sure. I mean, he definitely can't, and Cantor can't hold up with the pace um, that we need to play at. And which is why, um, just like you said, Cole, is why Grant Williams, I think, is playing over Robert Williams. Yeah, I mean, Robert Williams does that have that uh, athletic ability that we're looking for. But offensively, we need a guy that, you know, can spread the floor and shoot it when we need to on the three, which Grant Williams, um, I'm surprised, has actually been hitting his shots which he's been having some trouble with in the past. But, um, yeah, I mean, I would like to see Robert play, but, you know, I don't know. I don't know. Maybe Brad will switch it up. Uh, I think he would be – he would offer uh, Bam Bayou like, a good good competition in the post. Maybe he would be able to defend the pick and roll better. I don't know. Um, well, well, we'll see moving forward.
3: Uh, in a 2-3 zone, usually uh, in the paint, uh, a lob threat is a good addition to have. But – I don't think has Rod Williams even played any
2: a single minute. He played. He played eleven minutes in the first game, and then in game two and three, he played zero. Yeah, so because I don't, I don't
3: remember seeing him at all last night, especially in game two. And so, but I think that Grant Williams really held his own yesterday. Like he only he had ten minutes, but he only had five points. But he, he was he was playing a really good defense. I feel like at one point he was getting the best of Bam. Maybe because he was a little tired, because Bam was Bam, Bam, Bam played a lot of minutes last night, but uh. Uh, I I co cool. on to what you said about Ennis Kanner, uh Game two, Kanter actually did pretty good for the first part when he came off the bench. It's just like the fact that this man had fast, steady feet, and he could actually play defense. He would be like a very, very good player. The Celtics have, but just mm-hmm. he can't he he, he can't keep up to the level. And I think Bam Adebayo is one of the best perimeter defenders in the league. He's probably the fastest center in the league, other than Giannis, if you want to, because he's another big man, but. Bam out of Baloch is a freak among boys and so I mean I, I give the, the heat credit for uh, really nailing one He's, r- a, nailing he's one dollar one brand ahead. Ben Wallace. Yes, he <laughs> and I he should get paid this offseason cuz uh I man it's a freak. He's really good so yeah. They got to they got to keep up on the defense on him though. Certified freak baby. Yeah, I mean <clears throat> the thing is with Cantor, I agree he can't really be out there.
1: Um, I do think there is some value of when he plays like in the second quarter, especially because a lot of the time it's lined up with when um, Kelly's out there. And one thing he does bring is a physical presence. And Mm -hmm. Kelly Olenek does not want to like, like go get underneath the hoop and like grind for rebound. You saw multiple times. Cantor just got easy baskets because Kelly um, just wasn't willing to compete. I think that's, That might be why Grant. I mean, uh, Robert Williams might benefit them in the series. I don't need him to go out there and dominate Bam, but if he can drain him a little bit so that he's not so fresh in the fourth quarter, I think that would go a long way. Because not only is Bam scoring in the series, sometimes it's like it's not. It's it's without effort. Like the Celtics just have no one there. He goes up like they'll both guard Dragic on the pick and roll by miscommunication. He's just getting an easy lob. So they need to find a way where someone's checking bam even if bam still gets his points and rebounds it's not so easy and one question that poses is just with hayward coming back you know once he's at 100 percent health and back in the rotation who knows how close he is to that right now but who who would you say are the five they end with because i'll say kemba tatum and jalen are givens so then you got tice smart and hayward which one of those guys is left out and that might be certain like situations it changes defense for offense but like say there's three minutes left who would who would your guys five be um to try and give like the best counterpunch to the heat at the end of these games
0: so I would simply go based off a of talent here I would go Tyson Hayward the lineup right there but let me let me break this down a little bit further so going from the guard position I to do we got Kemba Walker Brown Tatum Hayward Tice and then off the bench, I guess you would have to go market Smart. I think that would be your rotation right there.
2: I'm gonna I'm gonna disagree. I think I would rather have Smart on the court over over Tice with three minutes left. And I think it's because one, um, Kemba's defense is, isn't that strong, so I would like to have um, you know Smart out there to maybe guard Drogic or one of those guards or Hero for that matter. Um, and I think obviously Hayward's IQ is. Probably the best on the team. So, definitely without a doubt. I think it comes down to either Smart or Tice. But I just think Smart has that um, ability to make those standout plays, the ones where it's on the statue you can't see, but you know, like a a charge late in the game um, that gives us the ball back when we really need it. Um, Just those type of plays, those small, small little efforts. uh, And that's what Smart does and that's what he does best. So, late in the game, I think I would definitely rather have. Smart and seems to be that Tice can't even barely make it to the end of the game without getting in foul trouble. So yeah, you got that too. Do you
3: want to call it a death lineup? I guess you could say Tatum, Smart, Brown, Kemba, and Hayward. I mean, th- th- those are your those are your five best players. So you might as well just put them all on the on the court at the same time. I don't. Th- I just think I don't know. Like I like Tice a lot. I don't think he's done bad in the series. I don't think he's done like amazing. I think I think in the Raptors series, he lose held his own. But uh I don't know. So- sometimes he just looks utterly disgusting like the, his, the fifth foul that he got yesterday when he just fouled i think it was going dredrick had like the foul like I, I sorry the half court line for like no reason it was it was, it was jimmy i think it, was, it it was just
2: like a it was stopped to stop the fat to stop the fast break
3: yeah but i got like pissed at him like there was no point for that but i it was, i think if i think if you just want to keep the heat because they have very very good defense on their heels you want you have to put all, all your five best guys out there and I think that uh, what's been a really underrated fat there is Jalen Brown. Like Jalen, if you guys look at Jalen Brown, he's like like always going for the rebound. Like like I think I think yeah. one game he had like like fourteen boards. Or something like that. I, I I forget how many rebounds he had, but like he's always going for the rebound. So I'm, I'm really liking his aggressiveness. And uh, I mean, even if you want to slide him at the at the center position, like sure go for it. But uh, I I I think you got to put your five best players on the floor just to uh, in the uh, final three minutes or four minutes if, it, if it's going yeah. down the clock time.
1: I, I think that's a good way of putting it. Um, it's an undersized lineup, but I do think when push comes to shove, you just want your best five guys out there. Unless, like, you're super small and have, like, three-point guards, obviously then you got to switch something up. But I think where they got three forwards who are, like, around 6'8", um, including some good rebounding forwards. Tatum had 14 rebounds last game. You can make up for the size. You're definitely a little bit smaller um, lineup than the Heat, but I think you got your five best players out there. Defense, I think you can switch pretty much almost one through five with that lineup. Offense, you got five guys who can shoot, um, at least four guys who can create their own shots. So that's what I go with. But it's also not like that cut and dry, you know. Like if there's say 20 seconds left in the game, Celtics are up by two, he'd have the ball. You're probably maybe taking Kemba out just while the Celtics are on defense and rolling with Smart and Tice. So it's not a, it's not that cut and dry. But I just, I do think you know like. You said, PJ, you want your five best five best guys out there at the end of games. And I do think that is their best five. Um, so that's – they have that now. So now, you know, both teams are pretty much at full strength. I think both teams have kind of started to get a feel for the series as far as I think we've learned the Celtics come out a lot stronger. The Heat can close a gap in a couple minutes' time. Um, so going forward, what would you just say – for both teams, if not de- at least definitely for the Celtics, what's the thing they have to do to keep the, keep this up? Cause Celtics, as much as game three was big, they, they really don't want to fall behind three, one. So what do they do to even up this series at two? And then, you know, hopefully if you say it goes seven, win it in seven.
0: Consistency of play. It, it just comes down to consistency. It, get, it comes down to getting the same point production we got out of those guys. And, um, Uh, Game three there, we need plus 20 points from at least four guys. And it's got to be from either um, Brown, Tatum, Hayward, Smart, Tice, any of those guys. It just needs to come down to four guys putting up 20.
2: I agree. It just comes down to who wants it more. Um, And it seems that the Celtics, uh, towards the end of the game, it seems like that they kind of lose it. Um, They lose focus. And so, yeah, I agree. Uh, consistency, definitely huge. Um, meeting those those at least three three of those starters to put up big numbers um, for us. I mean, it, it was nice uh, game three having a cushion going into the fourth quarter. I think, what was it, like 20 or something like that. So, that was definitely nice because they cut it down to five. Um, so, you know, just, yeah, staying aggressive. That's, that's really what it comes down to, who wants it more. Because both of these teams shown that, you know, it can go either way.
3: I do agree with the comment of consistency at play. Another thing I want to add to is uh, not even that, just like when we close out, the Celtics tend to uh, get a little close to the shooters. And often I, I know that you guys have known us, but uh, one particular player on the heat, Jay Crowder, even, even Kelinek, like they, they tend to they tend to fall on the ground and uh, try to cause a foul. But uh, yeah, just like <laughs> ke- ke- careless fouls. Like, 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 it, it can really hurt us. Like Every point counts in this league, so, especially towards crunch time. So you don't want to make any careless errors. Uh, another thing is uh, Tyler Harrell was going off that game. So we some shots he was wide open, he just missed them. So we really just – got to contest everything that we can. Just uh, get our get our hands on the ball. Don't make any careless turnovers in plays. because I know sometimes if Tanner has the ball, he'll do like an isolation play. That makes no sense, and then he'll – running 20 seconds to the clock but uh they just gotta make smart smart plays and just play play the uh time as well as they can yeah i mean
1: i think you guys hit on the head they just they just need to keep that sense of urgency for 48 minutes because when you go into the fourth quarter up 20 it should the game should never then become in doubt in the final minutes you know they were up eight committed a flagrant foul on robinson which means he could have cut it to six with the ball with a minute left that that can't happen and i don't know if that's I, I don't think it's a lack of caring because they definitely want to win just as bad as the Heat. I just think they lose their focus. And whether that's on the coach calling a timeout, whether that's just in practice the day before the game, emphasizing the little things like even when you're winning, or whether that's just the players not getting so rattled by the zone. Tatum struggled a lot with that, both with just taking bad shots and turning the ball over. So I think um, – I guess if you want to boil it down to one thing, I think – a lot of it comes down to Kemba. He's just the veteran scorer on this team. Tatum is probably the better player at this point. But um, when they need a basket, I'd like to see ta- uh, Kemba just take control, whether that's taking it to the hoop or just getting a mismatch. You see the Heat, when they, when they want a mismatch, they just have a – they call a pick and roll and they get a screen to get Tyson Drogic. Why aren't the Celtics doing that with Duncan Robinson more, who has no chance of staying in front of Kemba? Um, I don't know, but I think if the Heat are focusing on getting the matchups they want, I think the Celtics should start focusing on that more. Um, So last thing on this series real quick is, you know, Sam said Celtics in seven. I think think that's what I'll stick with too. I think the Heat will definitely win one more, but I think Celtics will win in seven. Uh, PJ and Cole, what do you guys have for an official uh, prediction after game three?
0: Celtics in six.
3: Celtics Um, in seven.
1: So Cole, you don't even have the Heat winning again? Nope all right so um that's that's that on the eastern conference series we don't have another game until uh wednesday so we can move out west and talk a little bit both about the matchup we got going out there between the nuggets and lakers but also how we got to that point behind a um all-time choke job on the clippers who (laughs) uh me cole and sam all had them going all the way so that officially makes the hoop scoop 0 for 4 on this year's uh, <laughs> finals prediction. In fact, none of them even made the uh, conference finals. PJ's <laughs> Raptors found uh, out in the semis and uh, so did the Clippers in pretty, pretty pathetic fashion. So I guess just before we get into this lug- uh, Nuggets-Lakers series, I just want to quickly hear what you guys think of the Clippers and what was the pretty embarrassing 3-1 lead they choked
0: watching that whole series it just came down to like the Clippers just didn't want it for some reason everyone was just giving up I think um there's been rumors escalating that Doc Rivers didn't have the best control over the locker room when they came back um people weren't as invested as they could have been there's conditioning issues for the Clippers I I, it just seemed as though the Denver Nuggets just wanted more um now it comes over to the Lakers series here and Denver doesn't really stand much of a chance against the Lakers it's 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 sad to see a team that had invested so much and has a very very small window to actually win, uh, chalked up this year as meaningless. Um, through Paul George saying that they, this wasn't a championship or bust year, yeah. <laughs> we got into the run It's Like, dude, if, if if you are in the playoffs and you're slated to make the Western Conference Finals, at least do us the favor and do that. Like, and, and like don't don't come up with the excuses now. Like, you at least take some accountability for it.
2: Yeah, I w- That was a j- that was a joke that he said that, and I think you're right. You know, it, it, the 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 Clippers just they just didn't want it. I think maybe they just expected for it to happen. Um, who knows what their players were doing uh, during quarantine or whatnot. But yeah, they they just they Nuggets just outworked them. Um, I mean, Ka- Kawhi, I was kind of surprised in that last game. I think he only had like 13 points or something. Um, and I mean, with a guy like that coming off of uh, final season and being so close to moving on, um, you know, to get another chance at getting another ring two years in a row, you would think that he would, you know, kind of put everything on the court. And I, I just didn't see that from him. Um, and then, yeah, it comes down to Doc Rivers, maybe not doing the best job. Yeah, I, that, that, was, that, was a, that was a gross series. Clippers really just just flopped on that one.
3: I think it's a mixture of just like egos and coaching, just like clashing heads. Uh, Doc Rivers is first. Co- well, well, he's not even the first. He's the only coach to uh, have blown three three-one leads. There's no coach that has ever done it more than once. And he's There's only three been times. thirteen ever. So Doc's and got three of the thirteen. He's he's got three, <laughs> and so um, I don't know if he if he's just easing up off the gas pedal, like I, like if he's just saying, okay, guys, it's three-one. Uh, I want you guys to. Just control this and stay stay at this game plan. I don't I don't know what he's doing, but he's he's definitely not working his guys hard enough. I I think it's a mixture of that and just like I, I don't know if you guys know, it's like when they first got Kawhi, they were talking a lot of junk, like 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 yeah. like like. A, like a, uh, I know Pat Bev, he like said to like a uh, like Steph Curry's like the next five <laughs> years are ours or something, and then <laughs> was like you're thirty two or something like that. Like, <laughs> something funny. It was, it was pretty funny, but uh. I don't know. I, I just think it all comes back to that. Just like them all talking trash. Paul George, he's a loudmouth. He's the most inconsistent star in the league. Uh, people are saying how they want to break it up. Montres Harrell apparently followed the Toronto Raptors on Instagram or something like that. He's a free agent this year, so I don't know. They're talking about trading Lou Will and all that, so it's, it's starting to break down for the Clippers. And a one-year bust. How many years did, do Paul George and Kawhi have on their on their deals, too? I think it's two years, uh, right? They have
1: one more. Well, they have two more, but after
3: next year, they have an
1: option. So, they, oh, they okay. could both opt out if they wanted to.
3: That will be um, a disaster for this organization. <laughs> so,
1: yeah. Um, you know, I, I was listening to uh, Kevin O'Connor talk about it, and he was like, when you get to a certain point, either as a team or as an individual, like, you're, you're entitled to a certain level of, like, cockiness. You saw the Raptors won last year. And they definitely brought, like, a certain, like, swagger to that Celtics series. Like, you could tell that team was definitely less skilled but found a way to stay in games. Um, And then, like, individual players, obviously LeBron has it. He's been there nine times. He's won three. Kawhi's done it in two different places. But the problem with the Clippers is Kawhi's the only one who's ever won anything. And the whole team adopted this, like, sense of confidence. Patrick Beverly mocking uh, Damian Lillard in that end of the regular season game. Uh, he looks like a clown marcus morris was always just seemed really cocky and arrogant these guys have never won anything all they did was get Kawhi, who has won something and he's not even a leader so i think just like a lack of leadership and them all just not really being up to or thinking that you know i i one of you said it. i think it was sam that they just assumed they'd be there and they didn't go out there and actually earn it so i, I think that's what it is because they, they had more than enough talent. I still believe that, but, um, they just, they, they didn't go out there and earn anything. They, they, the, the Mavericks pushed them. Chris was out for the series. Luca like by himself took him to six games. So, um, I do, I do feel a little foolish with that as my title contender seeing as, I mean, title favorite now that they didn't even make the conference finals, but it was definitely more of a, uh, a mentality thing than a skill thing. So going on to the team who did win the nuggets, um, they're now down 0-1 to Lakers. They were competitive for the first half. Lakers blew them out in the second half. Do you guys think um, Nuggets can make it a series? And just keep in mind, we've, we've, we've counted them out almost twice now. So keep that in mind before you make your prediction.
0: It's still keeping that in mind, Jake. I think the Lakers <laughs> are just too good of an opponent against them. I, I just think they're too, too good of a team. So I got to go um, Lakers in five.
2: I'm going Lakers in five. Uh, I mean, LeBron is just different. He, um, I mean, no matter how how his team plays, you can always count on him to to perform. Not to mention, he's a great leader. Um, also, Anthony Davis, first game having a big game with 37 points. Where was that during the uh, the Heat or not the Heat, the Rocket series, um, especially with the with the bigger lineup of that the uh, Nuggets have, um, which also I find is going to be much uh, much more entertaining, especially having uh, McGee and Dwight. Dwight also is another guy who's been playing – or who played big in that, that first game, obviously itching from not playing at all in the, uh, in the Rocket Series. But, yeah, I got my pick going with, with um, uh, Laker, Lakers in
3: five. I just want to point out one thing before I say my pick, and uh, that is Anthony Davis is uh, career-wise in the playoffs. I know he hasn't played many games, but uh, Anthony Davis career-wise in the playoffs is third all-time in points per game with twenty nine point six, so I mean, the, the, even though he hasn't played a lot, he's he's definitely a gamer. So he, he LeBron, still be found a second fiddle. I think that this Lakers team is is best set up now to to win a series. That's just based off because everyone they don't have that much depth, like uh, coming off uh, of what they have so far, and like obviously people have expiring deals. And so I just think I just think this team now is just just set for them to win. And, uh, but basically, uh, so that's what I think on the, on the situation, but I think that the, uh, Lakers will win, uh, in six games. I, we can give Denver all the credit that they have. They played their tails off. They've definitely exceeded expectations, but, uh, I, I don't know how you, we can really bet on LeBron. He's, he's done a countless amount of times. Uh, people, people think that he should have been the MVP this year. His sco- his, uh, scoring numbers have went down, but, uh, he, he's, he's the veteran. He's done it multiple times. He's amazed all of us, so. I'm gonna say uh, Lakers in six.
1: Yeah, um, I'm gonna I'm gonna go with you, PJ. I think the Nuggets are good enough, and especially Jokic and his ability to score, pass, rebound. I think they'll get two games. And Murray, you know, a guard that the Lakers don't have much of an answer to, unless Rondo keeps playing like he did ten years ago, which has been a great sight for the Lakers. But um, yeah, I just I think the Lakers in the end are too good. It's not like the Nuggets first two rounds. They you can watching that Lakers game one for five minutes, you see the difference between them and the Clippers. It's it's all business. They're not they're not screwing around. They're not taking bad shots. They're not blowing leads. That 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 is a team that knows what they're there for, and that's that's just to go out there and get the job done, and win the game. Um, they're not playing around like the Clippers, and I think that mentality led by LeBron is uh, the difference in between these two teams. And that's why I do think the Lakers are definitely going to win the uh, championship or at least the favorite two now that the Clippers are out. Um, but yeah, so I'll, I'll go with um, Lakers and six for that. And then uh, just to end the show real quick, PJ, you quickly brought it up that LeBron many people thought should have won MVP. It ended up going to Giannis. So he's now the two time back-to-back MVP winner along with the defensive uh uh, player of the Year mixed in there this year as well. He mentioned in his uh, like acceptance speech, don't call him an MVP until you can call him a champion. I think that's credit to him for ad- admitting that the individual award means nothing. Um, are you guys cool with Giannis winning it, or do you, do you think LeBron got robbed?
0: I, I think it's the narrative of the NBA is always to support the next biggest star. So Giannis mm-hmm. getting the MVP, he had possibly one of the best regular seasons um, for any team in the NBA he was very very good throughout it so if you're going off of that um, period I think he's a deserved MVP I just think LeBron should have and could have done a better job of being the spokesperson for being an MVP because I think he had the better um, season altogether but then again you could say is LeBron even the best player on his team uh, I think yes, but there's an argument you could say no. Yeah. So yeah, mm-hmm. that comes into play.
2: Yeah, I mean, it could really, it really could have gone to either one. Um, both great players. Uh, I mean, they both have have the mindset of you know they want more. Um, LeBron, I mean, he seemed like he had a problem with the voting system or whatever, which he made a lot of good points. Um, I can't quote what he says; I, I forget. But um, he made a lot of good points as to like the faults in it. But, you know, they both, they both want a ring, and um, obviously Giannis pulled the short stick on this year. Um, you know, LeBron is, is chasing for that, and it seems like that's what he wants. So, um, I mean, yeah, Giannis deserved it at the end of the day.
3: It seems that every year people seem to get, like, confused and, like, backlash towards the NBA, like how they do do the voting. But uh, in my opinion, the most valuable player is – if you take that, the most valuable player, how does that team do? And so I, I don't, in my opinion, I will give it to LeBron because I think that he is the most valuable player on that team. I mean, the the Bucks without Giannis in the regular season; they're they were pretty a pretty good team, even though they collapsed in the in the postseason. Mm-hmm. But uh, I I I don't know. In my opinion, I I kind of just like, like like how like LeBron like said that. Like he said, "Less than I get it twisted, I'm great." So basically, he they can't. it's kind of like a uh, a few years ago, like in the finals, like he was like. Uh, I think he. That's when they were down like three-one. That's when he had like the shades on and like like the Beats like headphones, <laughs> yeah. like like, down like saying like uh, saying like uh, I know that I'm like the best player in the world, and so, whenever LeBron says yeah, that, that's kind of when you know that uh, something's stewing up in the pot. Bad news for everyone else. Yeah, there's, there's some <laughs> bad chili in the pot about to happen. So, no, at least we take notes.
1: Yeah, I mean LeBron. He can, he can get his revenge in the finals, but 29 points, 13 rebounds, defensive player of the year, and number one seed. I think that locks it up for Giannis. So he deserved it. LeBron, I'm sure he won't be crying about the MVP if he brings home the title this year. So, um, I agree. Giannis deserved it. He still needs to take the next step and win a championship, but congrats to him for becoming a rare back-to-back MVP winner. Um, so that'll, that'll do it for this week's episode. Um, By next week, the Celtics and uh, Heat will be looking uh, towards the end of the series. And uh, we'll be getting ready for the NBA Finals. So we're almost to the NBA Finals. That's going to be an amazing series, whoever is in it. And I'm glad to be enjoying more basketball this week. So uh, PJ, Cole, Sam, thanks for another fun episode. We'll see you guys next time.